Warning, the following podcast contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to the jury room, where we dissect some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth. From cannibalistic serial killers to decades-old unsolved mysteries, these stories are sinister enough to keep you up at night. Welcome back to another Aftermath episode. For anybody who tuned in for the Bobby Joe Maxwell episode and didn't get an Aftermath episode, I do apologize. I uh, had a lot going on in the background, and I just did not have the bandwidth to put together an Aftermath episode. The last episode was the Broomstick Killer and Kenneth McDuff, the nasty fucking shit show that he is. And also the state of Texas, which I just realized right now that my guest is from Texas, but I swear <laughs> to God that wasn't on purpose. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but with that being said, before we get into it, please do not forget to go check out the Addicted series. I have put out five episodes as of recording this episode, and I have had a tremendous response from it you guys are amazing i cannot thank you enough for taking the time to send me an email to send me a message on twitter instagram to just reaching out and telling me how it has touched you and i i'm happy i hope that this series starts a conversation and i cannot wait to be released well, enough about my bullshit. With that being said, let's introduce my guest who we've had on the show before, but I'm super excited to have her back because it has been a very long time since she's been on my show. But Lacey, welcome to the show. How the hell have you been? Introduce yourself, your podcasts, and we'll get this going. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. My name is Lacey, and I host two podcasts, one by myself and with the occasional guest called Homicide Highway. And on that one, I try to like dive deep and deeper into the episodes and give you like the the gringe and the the dark and nasty shit that you don't want to hear, but you want to hear. I absolutely do know. I mean, I, that's what my goal is on that podcast to just like really get down to the core of them and talk about them in a raw way, like talk about all these cases in a raw way, because a lot of stuff is censored that I don't feel like should be censored because it's not helping anything. And then my second one is called Justice of the Peach. It used to be called We're All Screwed, but we've all been through a lot of bullshit and that's just like what we came to the conclusion we needed a change in our name so come join us on justice of the peach and what do you guys uh, talk about over there we try to talk about lesser known cases on we're all screwed or justice of the peach i keep saying it like i cannot remember that we changed our name (laughs) so we try to talk about lesser known cases and we try to like connect with family members or people that are, are also connected with the cases. And we also like, I know a lot of the families that we've met along this journey, we've kept relationships with and continued to support them after we do the episode. And that's really helped us a lot. Like 
realize where the flaws are in the system. Not like we're doing anything real big right now to like fix them, but we're here talking about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And where can they find you at? I mean, any podcast platform, you can find the name change on We're All Screwed was partially for the search reason. So just Justice of the Peach is much easier. And all of my socials are just the um, Homicide Highway on Facebook and Twitter and W Screwed for Twitter and Instagram for Justice of the Peach. But Facebook is where we're um, most active. And what is the worst case that you've covered on Homicide Highway? Ooh, you know, I think David Parker Ray. Because, like, I've read the transcripts before, but I did a two-part episode on him, and I actually read the transcripts out loud, and it, like, destroyed me. It was awful. (laughs) Remind me again what that motherfucker did. David Parker, right? He was the toy box killer in New Mexico. That right. He had, like, the travel trailer, and he would kidnap, but there's not... There's not a confirmed amount of victims. That's right. And they like he had like his tools or whatever hanging up on the wall and all that kind of crazy shit, right? Yeah. And you can go visit that trailer in New Mexico. It's crazy. What? Yeah, you can like walk through it. And they keep it on display because there's so many souvenirs that are still unidentified. So they want people to like go look and be like, oh my God, this belonged to my grandma. Right. And, you know, we've been searching for answers and here's her bracelet. Well, it's funny because when you first said that, I was like completely mortified and disgusted because I'm like, why would you want to put that on display? But now you really want to go see it? No. Well, the morbid curiosity of me does. Yes. But at the same time, I don't feel like I don't have a reason to. Right. It's not one of those things that I don't know a victim or a potential victim. So I feel like it would just be disrespectful to go see it. Of course, the the enthusiast in me wants to see it, but I feel like it's disrespectful to go see it if, if you don't know a potential victim. But now that you say that they keep it on display for the fact of for people to go try to identify his quote unquote souvenirs, it makes me, I guess, I guess it's a little bit more acceptable. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're they're not just like it's at the FBI headquarters in New Mexico. And and even like if you go to the FBI's website, you can click through all of the souvenirs. They have like a whole file on him and you can click through all of the things that they're like waiting to be identified at the trailer. Yeah, and his the transcripts are just like what these women had to listen to from this man. It, it's just a nightmare. It's an honest nightmare. And what about for Justice of the Peach, formerly known as We're All Screwed? What's the 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 hardest case that you've covered over there? I don't know. I you know I do a lot of I feel like a lot more kid cases on Justice of the Peach, and I also selfishly want to say that my story is the the hardest one I've ever done on that show because I told my story about domestic violence on it. And I will say that I 100% am fucking proud of you for being able to 
be brave enough to tell your story. I know it was hard and, and it took a lot of courage on your part. So I am seriously proud of you for taking the time to share your story because I feel like those kinds, those types of stories need to be heard more to give people that hope that are in those situations enough courage to be able to get themselves out of it, right? Absolutely. Um, and even if it's like a loved one or like you even think you have a doubt, like you have doubts, you kind of are seeing the orange flags that used to be red, just take a step back and like really look at it. And that's why I wanted to put my perspective out there because I did survive and I'm still here and you can get away. Like it's the hardest thing I've ever fucking done or will probably ever do, but you can survive. You're a badass, Lacey. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this or told you lately, but you are a badass and you are a survivor. And I am glad that we're here recording this podcast now. Thank you. Me too. I've missed talking to you. I know. It's been a very long... It's been like... I look back. I think it's been over a year now. God, that's sad. I know. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Well, with that being said, I again, I, thanks for coming on. I can't believe it's been over a year since we've talked, but I'm glad we're here. And today we are going to be discussing Kenneth McDuff. And I know I asked you before we started recording, but what are your thoughts? Give me your your quick little snippet of what you thought about this before we get actually dive into it. So I'll start by saying that why were there so many serial killers back then, but there aren't today? This guy is the perfect example. Like, if you want to know why there were more back then, it's because they literally let people get away with murder. He's so gross. Yeah, that... I I hadn't heard about him before I did this episode, and uh, I kind of wish I was still in that same boat. But at the same time, it's it's one of those things that it needs to be heard, right? Right. I could not believe that they let him out. He was sentenced to death already. And they said, nah, it's it's fine. We're going to commute. Okay. And I get it. They commuted his life sentence. Fair enough. But to let him, or they commuted his death sentence to a life sentence. Okay. Then keep him in fucking prison for life. Why did you let him out? Like, I don't... Don't grant him parole. I mean, and I, I genuinely... I, uh, when I asked you to be on this episode, I forgot you lived in Texas. I mean, I knew you <laughs> lived in Texas, but that's not, I wasn't like, oh, let me ask Lacey because she lives in Texas. Yeah, so right. I can make fun of her for fucking an hour. <laughs> like that is not the objection of this uh, aftermath episode, right? Yeah, right. Well, I hope not. I feel like not to take away from what he did, right? But I feel like the second half of his killings are like fall on the state of texas oh absolutely he should not have been released at all ever and anything that happened after that is completely on the state of texas the the only thing that i can be thankful for is that it got laws changed well they came out with the mcduff laws right like yes yes so people i mean this didn't happen again. It was a flaw that was in the system that needed to be found. And I really fucking hate that it was found in this way, but I'm thankful that it was found. It's that double-edged sword, right? You could say, 
well, at least they found it, but it's like at the same time, at what expense? Exactly. How many more people had to die for them to find this flaw? He couldn't have been the only person who went to prison for violent, heinous crimes and then get paroled and go out and commit more crimes. You know what I mean? Oh, you know he wasn't. There's no way. Which is, uh, it just, it's just crazy to me to think that there was a time that it was basically like the wild, wild west. I mean, you you get prison, you get sentenced to prison, but don't worry, in five years you're going to get out. Like, it's fine. You could go to prison for death, but meh, it's fine. That's not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's truly just showing that there are not consequences. Like, once you become a burden, it's easy to push you out. So just, you can just go do whatever you want. But before we get to that part, we need to go back to when he was in school, right? So he was one of those kids that liked to pick on other kids. And then once he finally got his ass kicked, he was like, no, I can't do this. And I, I'm, I'm just going to drop out. Like, how cowardice do you have to be to pick on and serves him right to get his ass kicked? And then to be such a coward to be like, no, nah, never mind. I'm going to go ahead and just drop out of school because I can't live with the fact that my ego was bruised and I got and I lost. I feel like that's how most bullies are, though. You know, like if you push back, they're going to back down most of the time. And I don't get that. Like why? Maybe they just need to be treated how they're being treated to see what it feels like. I don't know. I wish somebody would have murdered this guy so he would know what it felt like. <laughs> I mean, he did end up being executed, right? So, I mean, in a sense, that did come true. I mean, in the end, he got what was coming to him. Thankfully, just I hate that it had to be at the expense of more victims. Right. He ends up getting arrested for, I hate saying this fucking word because I feel like I never say it correctly, but burglary. <laughs> It's like rural and both. Like it, it's just those words that you can't fucking say. Burglary. Uh, anyways, yeah, there yeah. you go. See, you got this. Burglary. Yep. Th- thank God for you. You just want to take over the fucking <laughs> podcast now, or what? Oh no, no, no. Two's enough. <laughs> I promise. He then gets convicted, right, of twelve counts of burglary and attempted burglary, and he's given twelve four-year sentences. Right. But then he gets paroled the very next year. That is insane. It's stupid. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I don't get it. Our system is so fucked up. If this was happening now, like, I feel like he would be in prison for longer, right? Like, they can't still be continuing to do something like this, right? You know, the only thing that I can think that's really comparable is life sentences are not true life sentences. So I feel like that should be taken away. If you are sentenced to life, you should not have the possibility of parole. Like in New Mexico, it's 30 years is considered a life sentence. In Texas, 40 years is considered a life sentence. That's crazy. Which granted, there's only been like one, I think one person released from death row that like was on death row but or not death row um they were sentenced to life and i can't remember who it was it was in texas they were sentenced to life and then ended up getting out because of the age limit and it's gonna bug me now i'll think of it later 
It's going to be like the end of the episode and you're going to just blurt a name out. Yeah, I'll blurt it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a year after getting out of this long prison sentence, right? Or after a year and getting out, he meets another criminal, right? And this is when, you know, they're working for a day, you know, working for his dad pouring concrete. And then they go looking, you know, they go to Fort Worth and this is when his first murders happen, right? And it's like, again, the system failed these young teenagers, right? Where they, here they are, they're minding their own business and they, they happen, you know, Kenneth McDuff and his friend end up finding them and now they lose their lives when he should have been in prison instead. Yeah. And nobody can make up for that. Like, there's nobody that you can really hold accountable except for Kenneth McDuff, even though the state of Texas is responsible, in my opinion. No, they 100% are. There's no way that they wouldn't be. But it's also one of those things that would they ever even admit fault, right? Because this can't be the only case in the state of Texas during this time where they let a violent offender out who went and committed more crimes. Oh, I'm sure it's not. There's no way it could have been because there was a lot of cases that went at this time, I'm pretty sure. 100%. And that's where that uh, you had alluded to it is the there's a lot of serial killers around this time because of shit like this. The lack of tools to find criminals, but also, I mean, you're just kind of letting criminals out there just kind of run rampant, right? Overcrowding. Everything is overcrowding. And then you're just fucked and, you know, everybody's, you're letting people, other people out. And in my opinion, he was in for murder. He should have, instead of been let out, just put on death row. And uh, that's uh, not this constitutional, but... He was let out for the burglary charges before the first murders. Okay. So, but I see where you're going with it and you're absolutely correct. Yeah, like, I don't know if... If you let somebody out, then when they're sentenced to a longer term, then you're responsible. And I assume that he was released out on parole, but if they're letting somebody with a long prison sentence out on parole, I'm like 100% sure that they don't give a shit about his parole, right? They didn't. That That was part of the law, though, that they put into effect, the McDuff law or whatever. I'm pretty sure. I don't know the techno or the legal name for it, but that was part of it, that parole would be cl- more closely monitored because they weren't monitoring them. Yeah, it's sad. And it, it, it's sad for these for these three, you know, teenagers, you know, 17, 16, and 15. I remember, I mean, I'm sure you remember being that age, carefree, not, a, you know, giving a shit in the world, and to just have these monsters find you. I mean, it had to have been a very... The last moments of Earth on their on Earth for them had to have been very horrifying. Yeah, and it could have very easily have like I could have gotten my ass killed a million times. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, like so in Texas, and I'm I, I'm pretty sure that that's what he did. They were like out in the middle of land or whatever, right? When he shot them, that's what we did. Like we went and found an empty patch of land and just like drank and got stupid. Like, I'm real surprised that we all made it out of their life. I mean, I could see that, right? But there's a lot of open fields, though, right? Oh, yeah. Like the prairies of Texas? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's all oil-filled. Does it smell? Yes, it stinks so bad. <laughs> Humidity and fresh air. Humidity and fresh air? 
I don't know. Uh, it's like I don't I feel like humidity and fresh air don't go together. It's not like beachy fresh air. It's like a thicker fresh air, but I like that. You like the humidity? I do. What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know, but West Texas is so dry and I stayed sick when I lived there all the time. Like I was never well. And so now I'm fine and I'm like, fuck this. I need humidity. That makes sense. I, I can see that. There's like, uh, that happened to one of my uncles. His wife was super sick. I used to live in Arizona and she was super sick in the desert. She was constantly sick and they moved up to the Seattle area and she was never sick. She, but it's because the air is thicker. There's more moisture in the air. It's not dry dusty all that nasty shit that floats around in the air yeah and west texas is pretty much all open fields and dirt so there's like not real tornadoes there there's dirt tornadoes yeah uh what the fuck are they called like dirt devils or dirt Dirt doppers yeah 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 Yeah, we used to get those in arizona all the time yeah it's insane (laughs) like you wouldn't see that in east texas you know i guess another way to look at how bad the system was at this time too was his accomplice didn't get that much time wasn't it like five years or something ridiculously stupid yeah it was something ridiculously not cool but again it's one of those things that he testified against him right yeah but i don't know like at least hold one of them accountable you know right that's what that's what gets me so, and then it's also the point, right, when he kills these teenagers where his M.O. kind of takes a turn, right? And he starts raping this girl, this poor young lady. And it's one of those situations. It's like, was he doing this before? Or is this something that he thought of on the spot that he thought he could get away with? I don't think that. I think this was the first time he didn't get away with it because he had someone with him. Like, I don't, especially because he knew exactly like what he wanted to strangle her with. It was too particular to be the first time. It was too particular for to be the first time. It's You don't think it would be like a situation where he maybe had a fantasy beforehand and he kind of walked himself through everything he was going to do where that's where the particulars came in or he had, he had maybe had practice beforehand. I feel like he, I feel like this wasn't his first time. Yeah. That's and I don't what know I why, too. like maybe just a gut feeling, but I don't know. Most most first offenses aren't this serious. They're not killing multiple people and raping and I don't know. But then again, there are cases that we talk about where that is their first time and it was that pre-planned. So there's no telling. I mean, and then he brutally chokes her to death and breaks her neck. And it's it's like there has to be some sort of premeditation to that, right? Like they're... You can't go from not killing somebody to then, you know, killing teenagers, but then also like kill, like strangling somebody is very personal, right? It's extremely intimate in the sense of the word that you are up close, you are in that person's face, and you're literally looking at them in the eyes as their life is leaving their body. You know what I mean? Yeah. So after 
the violent rape and murder of these three teenagers, right? They get arrested. They or they don't get arrested. I'm sorry. But his accomplice goes to the, to the cops, right? And then, of course, that now pits them against each other, right? And this is where the the whole thing kind of falls apart is where the state of Texas failed, you know, a lot more people at this point now of the fact that Kenneth was already supposed to be in prison for a long time, but yet he wasn't, and now he killed three kids, and now he's going to go to prison and, and end up getting out. I mean, that is such a devastating way to look at it, right? Yeah, it's it's almost a slap in the face, just knowing that if they would have done their jobs and kept him or watched him, monitored him in some way, that these kids would be alive, maybe, it's senseless. It's It makes it more senseless than it already is. Right, which it only it goes further downhill from this point, right? He's supposed to be in prison for an extended period of time. He gets out. And now he gets the kill three gets to, I say that in a very matter of fact kind of way. But I mean, in a sense, that's what happened. And now he's going to get off of his his death penalty and life sentence. So I kind of want to move forward through the timeline and start. He starts murdering sex workers, right? Why do you think that? I mean, we know why, right? But why do you think that serial killers always go towards the sex workers what's your opinion Mm, it's easy they don't have to worry about loved ones coming and finding them or breaking into a house which is more risky if you i mean a sex worker especially in this time period is a lot easier because they're accessible you know where to find them I, I don't want to say they're easy targets, but in a sense, like, they're available where other people may not be as available. Right. Almost they're, I mean, we've definitely come a long ways in the way that we look at sex workers. But at this time and, and during this dark age, I guess the way you could say it is sex workers were looked down upon. It was It was very taboo to be a sex worker, right? A quote unquote prostitute. You know what I mean? I like to think that with the technology we have, that it's at least a little more safe today. And that may be very naive of me. Like, yes, I know it's still dangerous. I know that it's very, very risky, but maybe it's a little better if you can screen people and make sure you're safe in some way. I feel like it's better today than it was. I mean, yeah, I agree. There definitely is more avenues, right? To opposed to just staying out on a corner or advertising in the newspaper, you know, or whatever, however it was back in the day. But I feel like, though, if we could somehow legalize it, right? Like, it's funny because I, not too long ago, I saw a clip. Um, it was a Family Guy clip. And the police busted into a hotel room, right? And it was this couple, they were having sex. And they're like, oh, we're busting you for prostitution. And he's like, no, you can't bust me for prostitution. It's porn. And they bust out a video camera and he hands her like 400 bucks or whatever. And it's true. Like that is a, like, I don't understand how they drew that line in the sand. Right. So if you're filming having sex and getting paid for it, it's porn. 
But if you're having sex for money because that's the profession that you chose, then it's sex work and now you're less than. Yeah, because then nobody can control what you're doing with your body as a woman. That's true, right? And that seems to be the common theme a lot lately, period, right? Is this whole, let's control what a woman's doing kind of thing, right? Absolutely. Which is fucking ridiculous for the record. <laughs> for anybody out there, I I am like, I try not, I try to stay out of politics on this one, but this shit is like getting fucking ridiculous. Well, just... An FYI out there for anybody listening, especially if um, you're a penis haver, I guess. A penis haver? If you, <laughs> yes. If you tell me to do something, like if you're an old white dude standing up telling me to do something with my body, I'm going to want to do the exact opposite just to piss you the fuck off. I, so keep on. Right. Keep it, I, on. I, you know, I I equate it to, it's like abstinence, right? And drugs back in the day. Like, when you were told not to have sex when you were a teenager, what was immediately the first thing that you wanted to go do? Oh, you want to do it. You want to do the opposite. Or don't do drugs. And motherfucker, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to go do drugs now. I really showed them. My dad's an old white dude Republican. Like, I have daddy issues. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> I will do the exact opposite of whatever you try to tell me to do. Oh my God. Don't at me. Don't attack me because I will, I'll prove you wrong by doing exactly the opposite of what you told me to do. Exactly. But yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just a, and I hate saying it. It's just a product of the time though, right? Like drug addicts, sex workers, minorities, which is, and it's sad because this is happening in the 1960s and we are still fighting the same issues 40 no 40 fuck oh my god i can't believe i'm about to say this right now 60 years later and we are still fighting for women's rights for minorities for addicts for like all these people who are stigmatized and i just it's insane to me but more pressing right now is how insane like when you say it and the amount of time it makes me sick to my stomach uh, well, I was going to originally say 40 years because, well, I'm getting old and 40 years ago or 20 <laughs> years ago, it would have been 40 years ago because I still right. feel like it's in the early 2000s. You know, you, you look at that, that's 60 years of oppression, of not being accepted, of just all this bullshit that goes along with the fact of like, so fucking what, dude? Like, and it's funny too, because a lot of these politicians, they have escorts. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. And it's usually that weird shit, like, step on my balls, mommy. Like, all kinds of just weird shit. And I'm not kink-shaming, by the way. And it's always the old white dudes. No, right. They want to put a diaper on or fucking, like, whatever. Like, you do you, boo. Like, whatever. But don't shame other people. If I want to... Go be a hoe because I like being a hoe. And I'm saying that as myself, not as a sex worker, like me, myself as a woman. If I want to go be a hoe, I should be able to do that. Right. It's that, that stigmatization, right? And it's funny because me, as a penis haver, as you like to put it, <laughs> if I were to go through, go run through 
30, 30 women, we'll just say right now, right? If I were to go talk about it, people are going to be like, oh my God, man, that's fucking awesome. You're, you're fucking cool, right? Because uh-huh. that's what society yep. tells us, right? Yep. I get high fives, like, uh, like, fuck yeah, right? Absolutely. But if you, as a vagina haver, would go and sleep with 30 guys or 30 people, oh, whatever the fuck. I would be a disgusting slut. Right. Yep. I mean, you wouldn't be. I I would not think of you like that, but that's what society would tell you, right? Oh, absolutely. They would be like, ew, what the fuck is wrong with you? I would be deemed like unweddable. I'm not a good girl that like you want to take home to your mom. Right. I'm not like a, the Southern bell you think you're going to find down here in Texas. I'm just not. That's not me. <laughs> and it's, it's especially down here, like things are so tight still. It's like living in the olden days. <laughs> um, it's, it's way different than California. Right. And it's, it, see, that's the, that's the sad part though, is I don't understand why your experience as a woman is different than my experience as a man, right? It just doesn't, to me, it just doesn't seem fair. Right. Yep. But it's the same, like I have struggles as a woman, but also I can't experience the struggles of someone of color, you know? I'll never experience your struggles. Right. Because you're not a white man. I'm not. And I'll never know the things that you struggle with, even if it's just the stigmas that you suffer from from being a white man. And that's the problem, too, though, is eventually we're going to swing that pendulum. You know what I mean? I think too far Mm -hmm. the opposite direction. And then we're going to go. We're going to just start the cycle over again. You know what I mean? You're right. You're completely right. And that terrifies me. And there's like... A lot of people, and they're not wrong, right? Like, white people, white men have had it easy for a long time, and I understand that, right? Um, but it's also, one shouldn't have to suffer for the for the other one, right? It should just be fucking equal. Like, that's the hard part is, like, people don't understand, but you have those conservative pockets like Texas, Oklahoma, you know, the Midwest, where they're just die hard conservatives where they just they don't believe in equality and it's just it's hard for me to wrap my head around i have a lot of both views like i'm pretty independent so i feel like we all have to be that way though or we're all just gonna be completely against each other and then your kids are gonna be terrified to talk to my kids because of the stigma oh we can't talk to her she's a liberal Oh, we can't talk to her. She's a Republican. I'm a poly person living in Texas that dates women and men. So I'm like... Oh my God. How have you not been burned at the stake yet? And I smoke pot. And uh, yeah, I my, like my kids don't hardly ever get to have friends over. They hardly what? Like their friends don't get to come over here. Are you serious? Yeah, because people think it's like a big sex party. That's like not what my life is about. They're like, I wish it was, but <laughs> this is really not. That's sad. Like that makes me that makes me like just sad for them, right? Because it's that again, it's just that ignorance of not wanting to understand somebody else's life choices. Yeah, my daughter had a friend over today that um 
a little girl at school told her that she wasn't allowed to talk to her anymore because she had two mommies. And it's like, you are teaching your kids that hate and they're like eight years old and shame on you. And it's 2022. I mean, yeah, get over it. (laughs) People are going to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, it's just one of... Fuck, man, I don't know. I I could literally talk about this forever because, honestly, I very much just... It frustrates me that people like that, like kids are being told that they're not being a, given... They're not given a chance to form their own ideology. They're not given a chance to be their own person. They have to live in their image. And I'm not saying let your kids run fucking crazy ragged, like, like a fucking ragamuffin, right? You know, guide your kids, teach them discipline, teach them respect, but also allow them to be who they're going to be because it's fucking hard enough in the world as it is that there's no reason to make it harder for your kids. Absolutely. And unless someone is involving children in their bedroom, stay the fuck out of it. Who cares what somebody else is doing behind closed doors? Right. More than likely, you're doing some weird shit, too, and you just don't want to talk about it. It doesn't matter if it's with the same sex or with no sex or with whatever. Mind your fucking business. I'm not doing it in front of your kids, so get over it. I promise there is no sex party at my house while your kids are here. That makes sense, though. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you kind of get alienated, right? Oh, absolutely. That's crazy. Soccer moms are like, oh, my God, she's the devil. (laughs) Yeah keep her away from my daughter (laughs) anyway so back to kenneth mcduff so he gets out of prison after his life sentence or after his death penalty sentence and then commuted to life and then he gets out right and he starts killing people again and then at this point it's just like i feel so bad for their families because he just shouldn't have been there like this just is fuck texas for this shit i love the people in texas who listen to my podcast but Texas really dropped the ball on this one, and it makes me very, very upset for them. Oh, absolutely. I'm thankful that it got laws changed, but, I mean, that's a very small thing to be thankful for, especially when so many people's lives were lost. Do you hear about the McDuff laws often there, or is it does it kind of only apply to certain cases? Um, actually, I had never even heard of it until... Um, I covered this podcast, or I didn't cover it. Um, one of the girls covered it on Justice of the Peach. Justice of the Peach? You mean formally we're all screwed? I'm proud of myself for not saying that. I'm actually, <laughs> I was very proud of you too, actually. So, uh, but I, I had never even heard of it until then. And I was like, what the fuck? Because this was before my time. So, do you have any final thoughts on this piece of shit? What was his mom's? A nickname. So you're thinking of when Addie McDuff, Kenneth's little or Kenneth's older brother Lonnie, was kicked off the bus, and Addie McDuff went and intimidated the bus driver with a gun. Yes, like okay, that moment right there already tells you everything you need to know about how his life is gonna go. I feel like. Well, his mom definitely was one of those moms that I don't think she quite thought that her son could do anything wrong. Yeah, and those are the worst ones. Right. Like, 
you have to teach your son to be respectful, right? Like, that's just, that's part of the gig of being, well, not only a parent, but a mom, right? You got to teach your your son to respect, how to respect a woman, right? Because you're a fucking woman. Like, that's what you should be, you should be teaching them, right? Absolutely. You have to show up as a parent no matter what. No matter what kind of shit show is going on in your life, right? Absolutely. Or you end up with pieces of shit like this in the world. They're nurture, but they're nurture versus nature. Like they're, if their parents would have stepped up and done things differently, then we wouldn't have half of the shit we do in the world. I don't think most people are just born evil. But that's the question, though, right? That's that 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 nature versus nurture question is what because you have serial killers out there who had good parents and a good life who still committed bad shit you know what i mean so it's like how do you determine who's the nurture and who's the nature side you know what i mean i think it's fairly obvious like if you i don't know like you can look at families i think and see where the fracture is if it's like a wild card then it's probably not but if it's like a whole mess of issues and there's probably something deeper going on and it's probably something cultural i think your like behavior matters because like if i smoke i'm gonna get addicted to it whereas if somebody else smokes they might get sick and not ever want to do it again So I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of in the middle because you're going to be who you're going to be. I was raised super conservative and now I'm like, fuck fuck everything. I can't imagine what it's going to be like, like for your kids when they grow up to be teenagers. Right. Think back like you were right on the verge of being a teenager basically when like social media and technology started coming in right i was already a teenager i was i don't know fuck i don't remember even when myspace came out but i was like halfway through high school i think by the time social media really became prevalent but imagine the social pressures that like your kids are gonna go through with social media kids are fucking brutal to each it's already insane. Right. Kids are so mean to each other, like, at school. Could you mm-hmm. imagine being, like, under that constant pressure, that social pressure 24-7? No. Right. Like, that's no, just... it's it's awful. Lacey, do you have any final thoughts? I don't think so. I think just fuck this guy, and he was literally allowed to kill. He was let off on murder he was let three murders texas fucked up texas fucked up texas fucked up lacy where can they find you at um you can find me on mostly facebook at justice of the peach or homicide highway you can join my groups i'm on twitter and instagram but not as often you can always send me an email at justice oh nope at we're all screwed with two D's at gmail.com or homicide highway at gmail.com. Awesome. Lacey, thanks for coming on. It's been an amazing time being able to sit and chit chat with you. It's been way too long and we got to do this again soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Have a good day. You too. 
Thanks for listening. And remember, you never know what's lurking in the shadows, lingering around the corner, walking past your house at night. So watch out, stay safe, and keep listening. This has been The Jury Room.